Episode 44 Weaseling Foxes God loves us all, yet he entrusts a greater measure of power to the mature. He determines the measure of power that he has planned for each to walk in. This measure is different for each believer. You find that in Matthew twenty-five fifteen. Our obedience positions us to walk in whatever that full measure is. Therefore, the importance of hunger and thirst is the catalyst for maturity. Well, welcome to the program. I'm Neil Parks. I'm just totally amazed at how this study in the Song of Solomon lays it out and reveals how the relationship with the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. With that said, I'm convinced that the thirst and hunger levels, or you might say the appetites of the church, in my opinion, are at an all-time low. Hebrews 5, verses 8 through 14 says, best describes this condition. In verse 11, we have much to say about this topic, although it is difficult to explain, because you have become too dull and sluggish to understand. For you should already be professors, instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught, from the beginning, the basics of God's prophetic oracles. You're like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest the solid food. You could say (laughs) our spiritual taste buds are ineffective to say the least. But Scripture goes on to say in verse 13, For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness, but solid food is for the mature, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. And they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. As we left off last time, now the Shulamite bride is getting a good taste of the beloved separating and moving away from her, and fulfilling his call to ministry. In the book of James, it tells us to count it all joy. Well, what's the it about? The it is the trials, the testing, and the tribulation. James goes on to say that in by enduring these challenges, we develop patience and patience leads to perfection. Therefore, by this enduring process, the bride is made holy. Oh, my. 
Look what Paul writes in Ephesians five twenty-five through 27. He says, For he died for us, Jesus, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. All that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw. Now, last time we did, we left off the Shulamite bride telling the beloved, you might say, to take a hike. But now, as the beloved speaks up to describe a condition that has weaseled its way into their relationship. So now we've got a problem with some weaseling foxes. The Lord, or the beloved, is so gracious as to ask her to please remove them, these foxes, as they are promoting separation. You see this in chapter 2, Uh, Verse 15, it says, You, the bride, must catch the troublemaking foxes, those sly little devils that hinder our relationship. Now, if you know anything about foxes, well, they feast on other weak animals. So, bottom line, there's sin in the camp now. But there's hope with the prescription that sets her free, which is the discipline of God as he hides his face from her. You see, the sweetness in chapter 2 is gone. This is where Hebrews 12, 5 through through 12 comes into play as he disciplines her, the church. Out of his affections for her, God's corrections are not the same as his rejection. God's promises to spank the hands of what they, the hands, have a hold on of because that keeps his bride in bondage. The Lord loves his bride too much to allow her to come up short of partnering with Jesus, his bride, his redeemed. So redemption is on the way. Soon she arises from her sleepwalking to obey the call and leave her comfort zone. In chapter 3, verse 2, you see, when we remove the little foxes of sin, the Lord will manifest and confirm his presence, in response to our, here it is, obedience. This this brings back memories to me. When one of my daughters at the age of three was investigating some knickknacks on the coffee table one day, and these knickknacks she was told not to touch. Does that bring 
anything into mind, such as in the Garden of Eden? After about three warnings, she went ahead and <laughs> touched anyway. Well, I'm sure that most of you moms and dads would do what I did. Spank those little hands. Well, guess what? That beautiful little daughter cried big tears as she climbed up on my lap, sucking her thumb. Let's get into Hebrews 12, 5 through 7. Let's read it. It says, My child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God, or get depressed when he has to correct you. For the Lord's training of your life, oh, this is big, for the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training, for he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who had never been corrected? We all should welcome God's discipline as the validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves we are strangers and not sons. So here we are as restoration comes to the Shilamite with repentance and seeking him. The Shulamite says, night after night, I'm tossing and turning on my bed of travail. Why did I let him go from me? How my heart now aches for him, but he is nowhere to be found. So I must rise in search of him looking throughout the city, seeking until I find him. Even if I have to roam through every street, nothing will keep me from my search. Where is he, my soul's true love? He is nowhere to be found. Then I encountered the overseers as they encircled the city. So I asked them, Have you found him, my heart's true love? Just as I moved past them, I encountered him. I found the one I adore. I caught him and fastened myself to him, refusing to be feeble in my heart again. Now I'll bring him back to the temple within where I was given new birth. Well, I gotta, I got to say that this part right here, the bride has recognized how wrong she was when she sinned and just told him, oh, you just go take a hike. And now she is repenting and she is seeking him with a heart. These words are just so penetrating. She could care less about anything else around her. 
but finding him, running after him, looking and searching. I'm here to tell you today that that's what God is looking for each and every one of his followers is to go after him like this. This is our purpose, folks, to seek him with all our heart, to keep that relationship where it needs to be. And don't let these little foxes, these sins in our life, get in our way. Those that continue seeking Christ shall find him. Disappointments must not drive us away from gracious pursuits. Hold out. Faith and patience are paramount as the day approaches with his return for his bride. You know, he is coming, and it's sooner than we think. And one thing, we need to keep our lamps full to capacity. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that we can we can absorb your word. We can listen. Faith comes by hearing. Father God, I just lift up all my listeners right now, wherever they may, whatever they be, may be doing. The times might be tough and difficult, but your word is faithful and true, and you want and you are ready to wash us with your word, to cleanse us. Father God, I just pray every listener would seek you, seek you running as hard as they can to you. Lord, I just pray right now for them and their circumstances and everything that is going on in their life that may be drawing their attention to other than you. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hey, if you have any questions or know of someone who may need some of this word, or maybe subscribe, and you can at all one word, fill the lamp at yahoo.com. Well, God bless you. Until next time, I'm Neil Parks.